The Daily Tap is live for Wednesday. We try to predict Giannis Antetokounmpo's career. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers skipping OTAs and why that is not a big deal. We are going to do three up and you're out for the Milwaukee Brewers against the San Diego Padres. And then a quick note on Texas. First of all, obviously, this is not an easy day, I think, to podcast. I think that a lot of people are looking for relief. It's a pretty fucked up world we live in. Um, and I'm hoping to provide that for you. Hopefully provide some laughs. I do have some thoughts at the end. Um, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to be under five minutes. That's all you need from me. Um, you don't need a long diatribe. You don't need me going into great detail. If you want to have a conversation about it in part, like DM me, shoot me a note. We can trade emails. We can trade text messages. I'd be happy to talk about it more or in person, have a beer, whatever, talk through it a little bit more. But it's not, this is not the vehicle for it um, because this is not why you come here. Come here to listen about sports. You come here to hang out, have fun. And that's what we're going to do. I apologize for no shots get today. Maybe we'll do a Thursday one. I'm probably going to do a fun Friday show, so maybe that'll replace it in general uh, because just, I don't know, man, there's not a lot going on. It's kind of a bummer of a day, and definitely I want to get all of our our Wisconsin sports in and talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, Rodgers, and the Brewers. But before we do all that, just a reminder, on social media, tabbing the keg on Twitter, tabbing the keg sports on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, also, make sure that if you are subscribed, that you are sharing this out to your friends. Um, really would appreciate more word about what we're doing here. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying it um, and you're telling your friends about it. And you're telling them, you're like, hey, I got this great podcast. I know everybody listens to podcasts. I get it, right? But I feel like this is something that's a little bit different for Wisconsin sports fans. And I hope you guys see that too. I appreciate all the love and support. If you're new to the program, you guys are coming in from the Divine Gospel Boys or something else. Um, Hopefully you guys stick around and we see you as a subscriber in the future. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on wherever you get your podcast. Let's talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. So Milwaukee Bucks have been eliminated from playoffs for about a week and a half or so. But Giannis Antetokounmpo was named the unanimous all-team, all-first-team NBA. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo makes that list for the fourth straight year. Giannis Antetokounmpo is on a crazy trajectory, a trajectory that is only not even outdone by Michael Jordan. In fact, Giannis right now has topped Michael Jordan at this stage of his career in terms of his career arc. That is absolutely absurd to think about, but it's true. This coming from Nate Marzan, who does great work. Um, Nate is a Bucks Twitter aficionado, um, and Nate had this. Giannis Antetokounmpo is now a four-time first-team All-Defense, four-time first-team All-NBA, two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and NBA champion. A person, a list of players who've accomplished that in their career, not just. Not just like a couple times, but in their career, Jordan and Giannis. Before turning the age of 22, 28, Giannis, four-time All-NBA. Jordan also was a four-time first-team All-NBA. Four-time All-Defense for Giannis. Jordan was three-time All-Defense. Jordan had only won one MVP at that point. Giannis is two. Jordan had a defensive player a year. Giannis had a defensive player a year. And Giannis had a championship And Jordan, at that point, had not got his first championship. So Giannis is ahead of him by one at this point. 
So Giannis Antetokounmpo could have a ceiling that is unknown and that the future of Giannis Antetokounmpo could be written in the annals of history. And it's it's kind of absurd to think about, mostly because he plays in the city of Milwaukee, right? And you just feel fortunate that he, A, wants to be here, and B, he's going to be here for a long time. Now, might Giannis move on at some point? Maybe, but that's not here nor there. We're here to talk about what we see in our crystal ball. And Giannis Antetokounmpo can deliver championships to this Bucks team. And it's not just going to be a one and done. It's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers situation. I am convinced of that. I'm not worried that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be our next version of Aaron Rodgers. I know I called Mike Budenholzer Mike McCarthy, but I called Mike Budenholzer Marty Schottenheimer. I think it's something I do when I'm mad at the coaching staff. I lash out and I worry. But at the same point, I don't necessarily think Giannis is only going to be a one-time champion. Do I think he's going to win six like Jordan? I don't know. I think that's really hard to say. I think that every year is a challenge. Uh, it's really hard to win a championship. You need a lot of pieces. Jordan won his championship when the league was down. It wasn't good. I mean, that's something that gets lost in the Jordan debate. I know we all love to talk about Jordan as the GOAT. And we want to talk about how great Jordan was and how he's better than LeBron. All this other bullshit. He played in a watered-down league in, in the late 90s. There was the Grizzlies. There was Toronto. There were expansion teams. The NBA did not have enough smart people running their organizations, and it was only a couple teams contending for championships year in and year out. And then LeBron, in the same token, a little different because he didn't have the title wins as Jordan does, but he's got there a bunch. LeBron played in a pretty diluted Eastern Conference, and that's why LeBron was able to get to eight straight finals. That is exactly why, all right? Make no mistake about that. Yes, LeBron James did have something to do with that and his overall talent, but they played in a diluted Eastern Conference. Now you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, and while this is going to look like a mistake to people who are not Giannis fans, although I don't know if there are many that aren't Giannis fans, it's really hard. It's going to be really difficult. There are guys that are going to be in the Bucks way every year, and you don't know how the league will change from year, you know, year to year. What if... The Knicks get Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell's now in the East, and the Knicks are improved, and they're yet another team that you have to factor into the equation. What if the Chicago Bulls take a step, and then they're a team to worry about? What if the Cleveland Cavaliers also take a step? That's all on the table, potentially, for the Milwaukee Bucks to deal with. And now, while I think Giannis Antetokounmpo can get through that noise and get multiple championships under his belt... I do worry about that a little bit if we're doing the Rodgers and Giannis potential comparison. For Giannis's legacy, he knows that he has to get multiple rings or at least multiple appearances. If Giannis doesn't have multiple appearances, then yes, he's going to be painted in a different light. It's going to be a weird light, but it probably actually is similar to what we've seen with Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant wins the title in 2018. He be you know he's part of the Warriors dynasty. They lose then again in 2019 when Durant tears his Achilles, and that's sort of it. And they would have won that title. They would have beat the Raptors. They were a better team than the Raptors. People just forget this. This is a something that mem- is memory hold probably by a lot of Raptors fans. They don't want you to bring that up. 
But because Durant only has one title and Durant got it in a cheap way, Giannis didn't get it in a cheap way, but Durant is kind of the Rodgers of the NBA. I invoking Rodgers a lot because he's our second topic, but he's obviously on my mind a little bit. But yeah, I I think that there is something to that, but I, I don't think that will hurt Giannis's legacy. Sure, he probably won't get compared to Jordan. He probably will get put in that second tier of guys and he will he'll get put in that second tier if he doesn't get the rings. But I think it is maybe worry wart or old school Bucks fan to think like, oh yeah, they're only going to get one. I've presented the facts on why they could only get one. There are more championships coming the Bucks way. All right. I, I don't I'm not worried about it. I'm not gonna freak out. I think the Bucks will will find a way to get more titles with Antetokounmpo. Yeah, Antetokounmpo is going to win another Defensive Player of the Year award. I think that what he did in that Boston series was a remembrance for everybody how good Giannis is defensively. You heard Bill Simmons on his podcast a couple times during that series talk about how he regretted not having Giannis on all all first-team NBA and really chastised himself, was really embarrassed about it, and for good reason. I mean, Giannis is an incredible defender. And yes, they the Bucs were not good as a defensive team all year, but that was because Brooke Lopez. You were asking a lot of Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he still did the damn thing. Giannis deserved more love this year, I think, as Defensive Player of the Year. I think if the Bucs' defense was better, he probably would have got it, just given the Lopez injury. But yes, yeah, I expect another Defensive Player of the Year. Will Giannis win another MVP? That, to me, is an interesting question, right? Because Jordan... You know, hats kind of stalled out with MVPs. Jordan got a couple here and there. But remember, it was similar with LeBron too, where it was like, all right, we have to give it to this next story. We have to build the next storyline. It is boring to give it to the same fucking guy every year. And there is a case to be made that Giannis Antetokounmpo could have four MVPs, but that's not how the league works. The league is not baseball. Baseball does that a lot. I think baseball is more inclined to look at a guy and say, all right, we're going to reward greatness and we're going to keep rewarding greatness until we can't. And I think with the NBA, it's going to be a challenge, especially in the social media craze with all the talent. Like we just said how talented the East is. There are a bunch of guys that are probably going to knock down the door for potential MVPs. It was nauseating this year to hear like this guy was for MVP and that guy was for MVP, and it'll it's not going to stop like that. That doesn't change, but I do think you're going to have a little bit more of variance and not necessarily two time, three time winners. Like I think Jokic might be one of the last because look, you have John Morant, you have Jason Tatum, you have Luca has not won one right. Those three guys, some of the biggest guys in the playoffs, have not won MVPs. And they've had, you know, near MVP-like seasons, okay? Anthony Edwards hasn't won one. I think Anthony Edwards can get an MVP. I think Devin Booker can get an MVP. So all those guys have not won MVP. And Joel Embiid, right? So I'm just, I think I listed all eight guys there. So I think what's really interesting about Giannis's legacy is that I think it's going to be harder for him to make a case as an all-time great because all of a sudden the accolades might not come all together. He could still get first-team All-NBAs. He can still get first-team 
all defense and maybe that will vault him. But I think he's going to have a really difficult time with the MVP. I think that's going to be very difficult for Antetokounmpo. Defensive player of the year, yeah. Championships more in the team's control. But I, I do wonder if some of that will be limited for Antetokounmpo, which is a bummer, but that's just basketball. And I, I hope that doesn't affect his legacy. I think people who are hoops heads will not care. I think people will look at it and say, all right, Giannis is great and he is among the greats of all time. I don't know what he would need to do to top Jordan. I think he'd probably need to win seven titles. I really do. Like, I I, I think if he got six, maybe, or if the statistical numbers were so off the charts and that the points, the rebounds, the scoring, and that or the assists, excuse me, and that nobody else had done anything similar, I think there would be a chance that Antetokounmpo gets mentioned with Jordan, or at least he's better than LeBron. I think to me, the goal for Giannis should be, I'm better than LeBron James. Now, obviously Jordan is Jordan. I just don't know if the six rings are going to come around, and I don't know if he can top that. Um, I, I really don't. And But it's going to be a lot of fun to see what more Giannis Antetokounmpo can add to his game because he's going to do it, right? It's not like Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to settle on his lures. That's not what Giannis Antetokounmpo is about. He's never been about. He's going to keep inventing, keep trying new things, and he'll probably put himself again in the MVP race. And who knows, maybe this year's different. Maybe the Bucs win 60 or 65 games and Giannis is averaging a near triple-double, and all of a sudden everybody goes, and they're like, we have to put Giannis in. Like, we have to make Giannis our MVP, and that's final. And maybe he finally gets another one. But I'm not going to hold my breath. And I don't care, really, about MVPs. It's more about the championships. And if the Bucs are on a Spurs trajectory, you would say that maybe next year is the year where the Bucs win a championship. I will probably pick the Bucs to, to be in the finals until Giannis is no longer a member of the team because I will believe in this team until they prove me otherwise. They haven't lost the playoff series with Drew, Chris, and Giannis. And that's fact. That is a complete fact. And I think that they have such a good trio. And that's why I push back severely on the whole, like, what went wrong with Brewers. I saw a radio station do that. I like Rami. He's a good dude. But I think that's just a bad producing job. It's a bad planning job because... It's such a dumb topic. They just had a guy get injured. That's really all that that was wrong with the the Bucks, and they couldn't shoot from three. Okay, but if they would have had Chris Middleton, I think that series is different. I think we all know that, and the Bucks are still playing, and they're probably dealing with the fight with the Heat, and we're living a lot more high stress life. But that's not how Cookie Cookie crumbled this year. And we'll, we'll get back up and there will be another opportunity. And I think Giannis will try to drive as far and as hard as he possibly can to hit the top of his ceiling. Let's move on to Aaron Rodgers, another guy who's got a lot of mention on this show today. But Aaron Rodgers is not going to be at OTAs. Uh, Matt LaFleur made that known yesterday. I didn't see a lot of hand-wringing on Twitter, which I'm proud of people. For not overreacting to Aaron Rodgers being absent. Um, I do know that there will be pinheads that call Rodgers a prick or say that Rodgers is selfish or all this other shit. And I want to say to all of you, calm down. 
touch some grass, and go outside for a little bit. Because it's not that big of a deal. All right? Aaron Rodgers is not needed at this point in the process. These guys are still learning everything about Matt LaFleur's system. They are not necessarily going to be fully baked. Right now, we are pre-baking everybody. They aren't going to be ready to go. In fact, what this is really getting them ready for with Jordan Love is so that they are prepared for training camp. I think that is the biggest goal of Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, all these new players to kind of get ready for Rodgers in training camp. Now, I do think, even though Aaron Rodgers not being there is not really that big of a deal because everybody's learning the offense and getting more comfortable with it, I do think that Rodgers should have these guys out in California. I've said this a couple times on the podcast. I will repeat it. I think it would be a disappointment, in my opinion, if Rodgers didn't bring the receiving room and the tight ends to California to train with him, do a little seven-on-seven shit, you know, basically stuff we've seen Tom Brady do in the past. Deshaun Watson took his team to the Bahamas. Like, I think that would be really important. Now, does Rodgers have to do that? No, he is the owner of his calendar. He can choose what he wants to do, what he doesn't want to do. If Rodgers thinks it's going to be pointless, thinks that everything can be figured out in training camp, then I trust that Aaron Rodgers knows what's going on. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur talked per LaFleur, and they said they had a good talk. I'm sure Rodgers and LaFleur are going over things that you need to know. I'm sure Rodgers is kind of in a weird way coaching LaFleur and being like, these are the really important things that I think we're going to need these guys to be ready and be in the know when we start the training camp process. I think LaFleur is then also going to tell Rodgers, Here's our, here are some of the things we're working on. Here are, the, here are the things that maybe you can prepare with, work with trainers, whatever it may be, and kind of do your own thing. Aaron Rodgers is not needed at this point of the, the offseason because they don't necessarily need that veteran presence. Most veterans do not show up to this. This is not necessarily a time for veterans. It's a time for young guys to sort of get back into the field of football. I also would argue for some of the guys who are been in the league for a while, it's just good to get them back. It's good to keep them out of trouble. They don't necessarily have some of the life things that are going on in the world of you know people who have kids, people who might just have other business ventures going on in the off season, whatever it may be. And when I say trouble, I don't necessarily mean actual getting into doing dumb shit, more just like, hey, maybe instead of spending the weekend at 11 in Miami, you are actually hanging out in Green Bay and working on your stuff and working on your craft and getting ready for the following season. Now, I know I saw something that Rich Bisaccia, that'll be a fun one to pronounce all year, boys, but that Pit Boss Rich was having their starters get onto special teams and kind of work work on special teams with their starters. And I love that. I love the idea of it. I know people are like, I, I think it's a little bit much to have guys like Devondre Campbell, Adrian Amos. I forget who the other guy was out on the special teams. But still, I don't know, man. I think he's just feeling it all out. I think he's seen what they got. I think they're, there's more. there'll be more of a focus on starters on special teams, which will be very ironic if a starter goes down on special teams. And everyone's like, what the fuck was he out there? And it's like, 
well, what do you want? Do you want to lose a playoff game because of special teams? Or do you want to put your best guys out there when they're ready and willing to contribute? I don't necessarily know exactly the right answer. But back to Rodgers, I just think that he is not necessarily needed at this point. Everything for Rodgers is a sponge. Unless Matt LaFleur was completely reinventing his offense, which I do think it's going to look a little bit different than what they had with Devontae Adams. I don't know if Rodgers needs to be there. And Rodgers said he hoped to come in May. He didn't make it happen. Why he didn't do it, I don't know. He has the golf tournament with Patrick Mahomes uh, as well as Tom Brady and Josh Allen. That was the other guy. And so I do think that that probably played a little bit into it. Um, Not to say that Rodgers needs a quote-unquote practice, but you don't want to embarrass yourself in that sort of thing. You don't want to embarrass yourself in that, that type of environment. And I do think that, you know, guys like Brady right now are not necessarily at their OTAs. Brady was at a softball field hitting bombs with Gronk yesterday. And so, like, you know what I mean? It's not like Tom Brady is doing this either. So don't, you know, it's no necessarily need to comparison. And I do think that Aaron Rodgers will be just fine. I think that there is a plan in place. They know the plan and we don't. I saw Arthur Smith's quote which is a little bit of a hard out for not be, if we're being honest, um, that Kevin Clark posted. Um, and, it, but it's, it's, some of it's true. So like, here, I'll pull it up. I think this happens to me once an episode where I have a tweet where I want to talk about it and I don't have it actually up and ready to go. Here is this from Arthur Smith. There are a lot of people who are invested and love the strategies of team building. He said, they're engaged. They play pretend GM online. They pretend they know the salary cap and they pretend they know what the locker room is like and they pretend to know what it's like to put a game plan together and they pretend to know life about the NFL, but they have no idea. Again, Arthur Smith comes off like a fucking hardo in this, but there are some nuggets of truth here. People don't understand what the Packers thought process was with Devontae Adams they, I guess really it's Devontae wanted out and everybody didn't think that was the case. People will be like, why didn't we sign Devontae? And if the Packers receivers get off to a rough start to start the year, you're going to hear a lot of that. You're going to hear a lot of birds chirping. But at the end of the day, it was Adam's decision and the Packers also didn't want to pay a guy for his third contract. That's not what they do. So when, you know, Smith's comments here, which again, little bit over the top, he does have a point here that we don't know all the answers. So with Rodgers skipping OTAs, this isn't necessarily something that I think Rodgers like, fuck off, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to, I don't want to be bothered where it was last year. They, they are coming with a plan. I know they'll want to start out better than they did last year, especially because you have two division games off the bat. And I think that matters. And some fans would say, well, that's why you need as much time as possible. But I think these are good reps for Jordan Love. I think having Jordan Love prepared and ready to go is a really good sign and can really help, you know, mature Jordan Love. And I think Jordan Love, if he has a good preseason, he will be in trade talks in October. And I do wonder if you can flip a wide receiver for Jordan Love if you do need another wide receiver in that room. And there could be one available on one of the teams that's headed for a top 10 pick. So yeah, don't freak out about what Aaron Rodgers is not doing right now. I think it's just fine. The the Packers will be all right. And it's not necessarily going to be anything worth 
losing sleepover. As for the Milwaukee Brewers, we're doing three takes and out. This is a new sort of thing we're doing now where we take three things from the game, talk about them, get through them, and then we're out. And then that's it. And I try not to extend it. As I said to the people yesterday, I'm trying some new things right now at this point. So please let me know segments you like, you dislike. Um, I'm happy to adjust for the people. All right, number one, Tyrone Taylor is on an absolute warpath right now. Tyrone Taylor is hitting the ball so well. He hits another home run tonight. He had a two-run double on Monday, which was the only Brewer runs. I think this is now his third home run in four games. Uh, he is just playing really good baseball. And Kurt Hart pointed out, I said it in the review, that Tyrone Taylor is your center fielder after Hunter Renfro comes back from injury. Now, it sucks to lose Hunter Renfro, which we'll talk about in one of our other takes. But yes, Tyrone Taylor is that guy. The lineup at this point really should be Taylor, Yelich, Renfro. And then McCutcheon DHing. And that to me is the lineup. I hate to say it's Lorenzo Kane. It sucks. Lorenzo is a great dude, but Tyrone has kind of been that guy. I think a lot of us felt like Tyrone Taylor was going to be that guy, and sure as shit he is. And that's great to see. And I do wonder, I'm not there yet. I think if Mitch and I were doing a Tabby the Keg this week, I would have asked Mitch if Taylor is the new Adamas, but I'll let that take sort of simmer. I will put that take in the crockpot and see what happens in a week. Like if Taylor is on a complete tear all week and the Brewers keep winning games, I'm going to ask that question. But I do think this offense is better, even though a lot of people probably think otherwise. They just are known for a few clunkers here and there. They can't be just an amazing offense every game out. And But the numbers back up to the Brewers offense has been pretty good. And the real question will be is how will they handle the big boys? And so far, they passed the test. And this, I guess you could say this is take take two here, but like they're passing the test against the big boys. You go to San Diego, you're limited sleep as you fly in from Milwaukee to play that Monday game. You go to extras if you just have a little more clutch hitting, or if Jake Cronenworth is not a gold glove out gold glove second baseman, you probably win that game. And you're probably up 2-0 against the Padres going for a sweep on Wednesday afternoon. But instead, they weren't able to connect. They had, obviously, issues with clutch hitting. But they were right in that game and probably should have won it. So they pissed that one away. Then tonight, they were dominant. Like, they played very, very well. Corburns had a little bit of a hiccup to start the game. And then it was curtains from there. And Burns... Went six innings strong. He struck out only five batters, but all of the hits that he allowed were just these measly ass fucking hits. So I really liked what Burns did all game long. Uh, Milner got were great. Uh, Milner had an awesome double play that to me was like the highlight of the night. Got shut the door yet again. He's been really good. Um, and I, I'm advocating. I think I mentioned it on yesterday's show. Like he has to be your seventh inning guy going forward and then yeah Williams got done so really good shit from the Milwaukee Brewers and I feel like they're proving their worth at least for now against the big boys the last take I have for you is you gotta get rid of the fucking bell alright maybe not the bell but we gotta like peel back our bell coverage Dillard and Jeff Levering were all about the bell it felt like the bell was more important than the game at some point and just that that can't happen all right, like that really can't happen. And 
we need to nest we need to just have a church and state thing with the bell it's funny i like it i like having the bell cam when they hit a home run or do something great but we don't necessarily need to watch willie adamas repair the bell for like a half inning and we don't need some little shit playing trying to break the bell on the other side of the the dugout like we we don't need any of that all right like that kid was just that was bad parenting like they were like just letting this kid just kind of fucking roam and do whatever he wants. it was a cute kid but i mean come on like put the kid in your fucking lap all right like this bell keeps fucking breaking on us we can't have that happen again <laughs> so but yeah that's just that's just me personally that's it i feel like at least there's one part of the podcast where I have something that's just like get off my lawn like I am turning into an old man and you it just leaks out it just kind of comes out in different sort of little takes all right there was a pass ball so we have a three and a half take um injuries man so we talked about Peralta now we lose Hunter Renfro with, with hamstring discomfort haters have been down on the medical DL this is sort of a sticks and stones team to me, this is the type of thing that builds character. That's, again, very old school, very get off my lawn. But when you're not necessarily at full strength and you can still win baseball games, I think that says a lot about your team. And this was a great team win, especially after Monday. And Andrew McCutcheon made that known. Like Andrew McCutcheon was like, we can't piss away games. He didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. But that's basically what he was like. He's like, we cannot piss away games. We're, you know, we have too much going on, too much in our future, like we can't have those happen. And they didn't have it happen on Tuesday night. And the injuries are suck and you're gonna have to deal with those and you're gonna have to figure that out. But the Brewers should have enough pieces to survive it. And hopefully Aaron Ashby turns into something. But if Ashby struggles, you have Ethan Small. It would be that guy for, for Ashby. And if that doesn't work out, then maybe you look somewhere else, maybe you know, you do actually explore the trade market for a pitcher, as crazy as that sounds. If you feel like Freddie might not be ready, it could be a similar situation to the Bucks and Brooke Lopez, right? The only reason they traded Serge Baca is because they didn't know the health of Brooke Lopez. They didn't know what was going to happen there. And so they got a guy like Serge to just make sure that they had a backup big in case they needed to go that route. The Brewers might need to do the same if Peralta is going to be down for a significant period of time or can't get himself back up to being a starter in the period that they need him to be. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Texas. If you guys have had enough about Texas, feel free to turn off the pod. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Daily Tap. Uh, but if you want to hang out, like I said, it's going to be less than five minutes. I promise you I'm not going to go on a tangent, go on a rant. I just... Want to compile my thoughts because I have some thoughts that I think are maybe a little different than everybody else. You know, obviously what happened today was terrible. Um, it was one of the worst tragedies in American history. Um, school school shootings like this are gut wrenching. They make you feel so sad. They make you just depressed and wondering when when are we going to hit rock bottom? Right? When are we as a country going to hit rock bottom and realize? That so much needs to change. And I think as I get closer to being a guy who, who you know, I, mean, I would say want kids. I, I definitely want kids. But a guy who has so many friends with kids. And, you know, you have that thought. Like, it could have been them. 
and I hope to have kids someday and I'm sure that I would have I'll have that same thought. I'm sure it'll hit really fucking close to home. But I want to preface by saying I don't necessarily think just taking away guns is going to solve a goddamn thing. All right? We have a lot more to work on. We have a lot more to figure out. Sure, should some guns maybe be restricted? Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is this kid was an 18-year-old, and 18-year-olds are not allowed to have guns no matter where you live. That is a federal fucking law. You can look it up. He violated that. That's unfortunate. How he got that gun, that's a very big question. And that will be a very big thing when it comes to the investigation of what happened with this killer. But the fact of the matter is, is we just need to do better as a society in general. Running on Instagram and saying like things need to change doesn't do shit, all right? It makes you look good. It gets you a bunch of likes. And you could say, Charlie, you're doing the exact same thing on your podcast. You're absolutely right. But at least I'm acknowledging that my words are hollow unless I force some change or I do something that will help our society. This shouldn't be a red or a blue thing, but it is because everybody ran to their talking points instead of trying to say, all right, this needs to change. And part of that change is not just, hey, taking away everybody's guns. Part of this is figuring out why males are these recluse people who don't talk to anybody, who stay in their mother's basement, just hang out on the internet and go and do these mass killings, all right? That part needs to be figured out. We need to get people outside. We need to to get better parenting. We need parents to step up to the plate. Now I realize this psycho killed his grandmother before he left for the school, all right? But still, preventative measures need to be taken there, as well as schooling, as well as mentorship, One of the things I loved about working on a playground in the summer when I was in college was I felt like I could make a difference in kids' life. Whether I did or didn't, I don't know what their trajectory was as children and fuck. They're now probably out of college. Maybe maybe they're in college. I don't even know. But still, I hope that I made an impact. And maybe I didn't. But those, those things don't necessarily seem to be there. And that's what we need to do more of. And yes, we do need some sort of reform. But I would ask you this, why hasn't it been done? And you can blame red, blue, whatever. But I think there is a lot of issues at hand that go far deeper. I don't know if these ghouls care. And that sucks. I fucking hate saying that. But it, it's kind of, kind of seems like it, right? Columbine was an absolute just devastating thing that happened. And I remember where I was, I'll never forget, I remember where I was for Sandy Hook, and I'll probably remember where I was for this Texas shooting as well. It's it's really sad. And at the Aurora uh, theater shooting, a little different, but again, man, I have memories of a lot of those. It sucks that I do. And it's gotten worse. And you can say, well, it's, you know, it's mental health, whatever. But it goes beyond, again, it goes beyond it. We need to just work on trying to bring everybody together and try to figure out what makes the most sense here. And it isn't just pull away everybody's guns 
and things get solved. Because the city of Chicago has their own issues, right? And the city of Chicago pulled away 100,000 guns. And yet, illegal guns, excuse me. And they've not seen any dent in, in terms of their homicide rates or anything like that. So you ask yourself the question, why? A lot has to change. I, I don't know where to start. I have zero idea. Not an expert here. But I just want to remind you, if you're going to put something on Instagram, you're going to put something on Facebook about needing to have gun reform, nothing's happened since Columbine. And I don't know what could be done differently. All right. I went a little longer than five minutes. I apologize. Um, I hope that wasn't too preachy. I hope that wasn't, you know, I, you might agree with me. You might disagree with me. Um, and if you do disagree with me, reach out. We can talk about it. We can have a conversation. I'd be happy to. Um, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, I w- I'd like to do a private. Um, I don't really like putting that shit on my feed, I'll be honest with you. Um, so we can we can do it there. Um, or just, you know, I'll give my phone number. We can call, text, whatever it may be, man. Um, I'm happy to continue that conversation. But that'll be the last part. I'll speak of it. Um, if there's something in Wisconsin adjacent, maybe we'll talk about it again. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Um, and that's it for today's show. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Another edition of Daily Tap. Uh, we'll have the Brewers Padres wrap up. Uh, who, and who knows what else? And then, yeah, I decided I'm going to do a Friday pod. I didn't do a, uh, even a poll. I decided I'm going to do a Friday pod. Um, we're going to do something overrated, properly-related, underrated with the city of Milwaukee and the summer in honor of of the summer kicking off on Friday and this weekend. All right, take care, Tappers. Have yourself a lovely Thursday. No, Wednesday. Fuck, I wish it was Thursday. Uh, and have a good, have a good one. All right, see you. Bye.